What's up, y'all? It's your man, Chris, and I hope you're having a lovely day. We already had a lovely day because we sat down with a fellow YouTuber named Anson Enko, and boy, he is just one of the nicest people ever. He is a fellow Sigma FP user and a fellow filmmaker. So come join us for some nerdy tech talk. Most of it's us just geeking out about gear and stuff like that because gear is awesome and you are too so sit back relax and i'm gonna press play now ready hey everyone welcome to the show my name is chris next to me my co-host michael and joining us today very special guest anson from youtube uh i could also introduce you as your official youtube name anson and co um, which I'm assuming is just the many beautiful people that surround you because exactly you're great. Oh, and I wanted to start out by complimenting your fantastic beard. Oh yes. And the tattoos. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. How lovely. Thank I'm you. jealous. We're look at us. We have nothing. <laughs> it's funny. I, w- I was watching an old YouTube video, like one of my older channels, uh, and, uh, my beard was very struggling and I was like, oh, those days. Well, there's some people days. that can't grow a beard because our, our buddy Ryan that we have on sometimes is cursed with the the patchy uh, lack of testosterone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't say that. Oh, anyway. Uh, See, the thing is, it all moved from my head to my face. <laughs> that's, so, hey, it's not that's a bad thing. You look great, man. But yeah, um, I, Anson, you've been I so I, we re- we don't know much about each other. Um, we kind of just connected sure. through YouTube. And you run a channel kind of similar to our content, which is how I found you because your videos got recommended to me. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you, you guys basically make the same kind of stuff. So and specifically <laughs> um, relating to the Sigma FP, which has been one of the biggest things sure. I've talked about on our channel, um, because it, it literally sure. it changed the way we made we made content. Um, but how long have you been doing YouTube stuff, man? Um, so my, my Anson and co was 2017. Um, I started that in 2017. Um, I started like the first two years doing vlogs, um, which was painful. I go back and watch them. I'm like, Oh my God, why did I yell at the camera so much? (laughs) Um, but then, uh, then like, I think like 2019, somewhere around there, uh, we just decided to stop doing like family vlogs. We didn't want our kid on social media and stuff like that. And so uh, I switched over to gear reviews and been doing that ever since. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So does Hanson and Co. stand for you and your wife? So it is, um, it's kind of a little like it, it, it started out like as, there's actually a lot that kind of carried over from the vlog days because uh, with Anson and co that, yeah, that was kind of like Anson and his family kind of deal. Um, and then obviously I kind of just kept it and I didn't try to like rebrand even though I, for some reason I was like, I have a hundred subscribers. Like I could have rebranded very easily <laughs> not had to like thought twice about it, but I kept it. I even kept my tagline. Like, the uh if you get if if you ever get to the end of my videos whenever whatever i'm like uh you know go and find your dream go embrace life like that's something entirely from vlog days oh wow um 
because it was all like, here's our story, you know, go find your story. What's go, yours? Yeah. Go, mm-hmm. You know, like embrace your journey. Yeah. So, yeah, I do love that. tag. Um, I feel like that fits your vibe really well. Yeah. And it kind of fits like the filmmaking niche too. Cause it's just like, you know, like go find your, you know, the narrative that you want to talk about or go find the story that you want to get into and, and, or just tell your own story, uh, through the medium of, of filmmaking and video. So it, it still fits. I, I think it still applies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you started it with, with your significant other. I think that's really cool. Is that, is that a connection oh, yeah. that, that you guys had in common when you guys first met or something that brought you together? Not at all. Not at all. We, uh, I, it's funny. I can, I cannot get my family to be in any of my videos now. <laughs> like I'll do like a, uh, a lens review and I'm like, Hey, can you like help me out? Like I need somebody just like sit here and let me film like you just sitting there. And my wife is like, no, I'm good. <laughs> but you used so, to, like, but you used they, to let me. They, exactly they kind of like got burnt out with mm. it and i kind of forced them into it and i feel bad for that um but they you know they're supportive they love you know that i was happy and had a hobby and and all this and so uh though every once in a while it's funny now my daughter is uh you know five or six or around the five five or six age um and uh she's starting to get into like cartoons that talk about social media and so and i gave her this old like canon point and shoot camera a couple years ago just to like mess around with uh because i know i love cameras and i was like let me see if you're into this um and so every once in a while when we remember to charge her camera uh i'll i'll catch her like vlogging and i'm like this is priceless oh my (laughs) god that is that is so cool man she hasn't understood the concept that it takes getting the the footage off the camera into an edit, obviously into an editor and then onto social media. She just I think her brain thinks that it goes straight to social media, which is, again, just adorable and priceless. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, so so it's pretty great. It's so wild that kids have that kind of outlet and that uh, that medium to express themselves and kind of get those like those foundations of like, kind of like putting yourself out there and be in like and being independent i feel like when we were growing up obviously we didn't have that kind of stuff so like my parents were filming me on camera we did a lot of home videos and home movie stuff but not everybody had that and now it's like so many kids can just film themselves or their parents are filming them and i feel like with the video creation like everybody's a video creator everybody's able to put themselves out there and like kids are able to do it at such a young age i i wonder how that will affect like i guess people's i don't know uh comfort level and confidence when they get older and and how sure. and how that i mean will, i will breed more creative people going forward too sure yeah i mean i th- i think about that like i i often think about like what would have happened if my parents had put a camera in my hand or i don't even think we had a camera to be honest like I think my parents never found the value in my uncle was a photographer. Uh, and so I think my mom just kind of was like, that's my brother's thing. Um, and I don't need a camera. He has a camera. If we ever need pictures, he has pictures. So like we have very few like family photos, family videos. It's just, it's, it's kind of like crazy. I'm like, I don't, what did my family do right. for fun? And like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Um, 
And so it, it's crazy to think about, but I'm, yeah, I often think about like what would have happened if I had a camera younger in life. Like my, I had a, one of my best friends is a freelance videographer. Actually, I think he works for a corporation now. Um, and we used to, you know, mess around in high school and like make home movies and, you know, it was fun, but I never like, because that wasn't my, my thing or that wasn't my identity. I never really like doubled down in it. I always played, played, you know, guitar and sang and stuff like that. And terribly mind you. Um, but, uh, I often think about, and that's one reason I got my daughter, the camera. I was like, I don't want to force this on you, but I want you to have, you know, the things I didn't have to see if you actually like it. I, I have a parallel story to that because when I was around five or six, my dad's been a guitar player his entire life. He's still in a band till this day. Um, and when we were five or six, he got me and my sister both little like junior electric guitars. And I wanted nothing to do with it whatsoever. And my mom says my dad was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> he just want, he wanted to teach his son or daughter how to play guitar. Deanna was a little more interested too, my sister, but I wanted nothing to do with him. Come to find out that um, I started out as a drummer. My dad taught me how to play drums at a very young age, and he was like, "Okay, so at least I got that." And then I picked up guitar in high school anyway. So he got what he wanted in the end. <laughs> yeah. Now we go see Chris play and play at, uh, at bars and restaurants. We're actually going to be going to see him this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm play- uh, now I play with my, my friend from college. You know, we do covered songs and stuff like that at bars and stuff. So, so I made my dad happy in that way, but it. it is funny. I mean, you know, having to, you know, I don't want to push this on you, but here you go. Here's a brand new guitar. Yep. Here's a brand new camera. And, uh, yep. but I'm sure that just made you the happiest dad in the world. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently my current, speaking of which my current battle is getting her to accept metalcore. Um, <laughs> you're never too young. Because you're never too I young. love metalcore. I That's love awesome. metalcore. Like Hell yeah. Devil Wears Prada, one of my favorite bands, uh, like if not my favorite band. Um, and so I, I think early on I was like, Oh, you want to do the breakdown with me? And she, she'd be into it. Like she'd be like head banging, like <laughs> oh, so cute. doing her thing, throwing up horns, everything. <laughs> then she got like, she, she was like, no Taylor Swift Paramore. I did get her into Paramore oh. and that was successful and that was fine. Ooh. Um, yeah, we just went to her first concert, which was Paramore. Oh, that's uh, great. So man. Cool. That was dope. That was dope. Um, but the other day I was listening to Prada and she, uh, I just, I look, I glance back in the back and she's mouthing some of the words and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. It's a little thing. I just, there was just things. a, there was just a news story, um, of people were actually shaming this woman, but it's different. She brought like, she brought like a 10 month old kid to a metal like festival. I don't know. <laughs> well, did she bring headphones for him? Yeah, they, yep. She had she did she did everything correctly, but people were still honored. She had the um the decibel reducing headphones. Right, right. She was like the, sure. the child is sunscreened and like all good to go. And but then people were still ragging on her. I mean, but like, like it's a fucking metal. But there's festival, yeah, but I will say metal festivals are a different vibe. Like right. That that's the only thing where I would maybe give them some sort of leeway is like metal festivals can be interesting, but that being said, like just get over it. I mean, yeah. what she's that's the one who's fine. carrying the burden of a child. It's like I feel more bad for her that she can't just enjoy the experience right. of the concert. 
That's her fault. Though. What is the baby doing to anybody else around her? <laughs> it certainly is it cry. Is it just screaming the whole time? I'm sure you can't hear it with the music. I think there's other people screaming. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you. <laughs> What's the worry? Was she mo- screaming oh, and crying she, with? Was them. she like moshing with the baby? Well, they did. They did have a. Um, uh, there was like a, a thing, a little area for like children there. What the hell? What did they call oh, so it? They had an area. Oh, it was for like children? little moshers. It was Wait. called. Oh, it was they like had a little. little what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. A, there oh, was the, an actual, yeah. Then like, definitely get over it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It was like I don't know. I just thought that. You, but it, that's just because it's the metal <laughs> stigma. Yeah. Like it's the stigma that people don't. It's dumb. <laughs> dumb. Anyway, I think to this day, my parents are like, why do you listen to screaming music? And I was like, I don't know. I can't tell you. Like, I just like it. Yeah. So I had something to say and then I forgot. <laughs> that was a fun tangent, though. I can't. Believe, I, I literally I didn't think I would ever talk to anyone about that story. <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> no, the, 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 the little kid. Oh, yeah, oh. I just I just saw it the other day. I was like, what are the chances it would come up the next day? You know? Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Bring a guy on that tries to <laughs> go ahead. What I was gonna say, let's talk about submersibles. No, uh-huh. it's, no, it's not. <laughs> that's a, that's been talked about so much. You I'm were just so saying over how you're it. over it. Yeah. Well, how could you not be? I like, just it, it got it out of my done. for you page. Are you just yeah. got it? It. I just get, no. I just got rid of it. Oh, got rid of it somewhat yeah. on my for you page. Like gotcha. there, like Friday last week. If I went on TikTok, it was all... Oh, it was crazy. Well, now it's it going to be all... bad because your phone's uh, listening to you, right? <laughs> uh, damn it. My FBI agent's on it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about how we, we kind of started back in college with making like short films and stuff like that. Was that kind of the same route for you? Did you start uh, as like a film enthusiast or started doing shorts with your friends, things like that? I mean, I have a couple of um, a couple of like small projects that I, my buddy, my friend that I was talking about earlier, he was a like he, he I think he took like a film class in high school. And so we made all of the, like the, the, you know, murder mystery type stuff. And uh, in college, we did a couple of like reality based like sitcom type shows. And it was like two minute long stuff. Um, so I've always had it like in my per, you know, periphery or peripherals, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've, I never like got aggressive with it until I started doing more of like the gear review stuff for YouTube. And honestly, like people ask me all the time of, you know, like how much in the film, like where did your filmmaking kind of journey start? And honestly, it started with YouTube because it was, Mm -hmm. I was making content for YouTube. And then I just kind of like, I kind of put myself into this niche and I can, I wanted to get to a point where I wasn't talking about whether it was gear or tutorials from a place of like an imposter. I wanted to actually like talk with some sort of authority. Um, And so I, I, that just kind of like spawned from it. So any like short films that I have on the channel or any like, um, you know, projects that I work on is probably because of YouTube and because of the niche that I found myself in, um, of just trying to like make it work. So, uh, but no, I've never, I, it's, it's, it's funny. I get the question all the time or I, people are surprised when they're like, I've never worked on a film set, like a small, big, whatever. Like I'm, I don't do this professionally. Um, 
it's all hobby. Like I own entirely too much gear for a hobbyist, but uh, <laughs> it's all hobby. Um, yeah, as we say, from, from so, the outside looking in, it doesn't appear to be a hobby. It seems like more of a you know professional career. I appreciate that. I mean, and, and honestly, that's my goal, right? Is to, and there's, there's, I've, I think there's been opportunity to make it professional and I've never taken it. Um, even for example, like my day job, like by day, I'm a software trainer. Um, and, uh, with my day job, like they, they'll ask me to do stuff here and there. And I'm like, I'm very protective of this craft. I'm very protective of this art form. I want it to be stuff that I want to make. I want to take my time in doing it. I want to go at my own pace. Um, I'm working on a project right now that I haven't fully fleshed it out and it's going to be more of an experimental project. Um, but I'm taking my time. I'm kind of like just gathering assets and gathering shots and, and I have a general concept, but I'm not rushing it. Whereas like two years ago, I might have, um, I'm kind of taking my time with this one. Um, but yeah, I, I all, all hobby. Um, I think it kind of spawned from, you know, when originally when I started the, you know, talking about filmmaking, cause there was a part in my YouTube kind of journey. So, so to speak that, uh, you know, I was just content talking about gear, maybe working with brands and stuff like that. Um, but then there was a point, I think it was when I started talking about the GH five. And obviously when you talk about the GH five, you like, you might as well, that's a whole niche of people that, uh, if you don't know what you're talking about, they're going to eat you alive. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's, that's the, the side of it. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me, you know, work on some short films. Let me work on some scripts. And then I got my pocket 4k and I was like, okay, well, if I own a cinema camera, I have to make films. And it, it kind of just progressed. And through meeting different people on the platform, it challenged me to know more about the industry and be informed. Even if I'm not fully in the industry, like some people are to at least be informed of what it, what the industry looks like and what it takes to be in the industry so that when I talk about a freaking, you know, uh, a, a drop in, uh, IRND filter. Uh, I remember <laughs> working with freaking Tokina or who was it? I think, yeah, it was, I think it was Tokina first and then Firecrest, um, or, um, format high tech uh i was like who would use these like why don't you just use a variable nd that's what peter mckinnon uses right and so you're just like you know why would you use these and then talking with friends they're like oh this is what the industry is using because of xyz reasons sure and so that just kind of like progressed of like the way that i kind of research the products or research what i'm talking about um so that i it it you know, there's that. I always strive for respect from people in the industry. And right. That's kind of the goal. That's an interesting uh, comment or way to put it. Because on like our podcast, on our show, we're, we're, we try to talk to people about, because we're up and coming, we're trying to learn, we're trying to understand and hone our craft and get better. We're talking to people who are in the same, you know, area as us where they're trying to get better. Everyone's like um, in different, you know, areas of, of, of the industry. Right, right. But my point is, I feel like 
you know, Chris, do you feel like you're in the industry? Because I feel like we all are in the industry because we are the industry. Well, also, you YouTube's I mean? becoming the industry. Right. That's and and true it has too, been for, sure. for a long time. Um, our best, our favorite example of that is the guy whose name always escapes me every time we talk about it. Evan? <laughs> uh, light, no, Lights Out. The guy that started as the YouTube. Uh, oh, oh uh, uh, David yeah. uh, Sandberg. Sandberg, yeah, uh, who went on to to direct um, Shazam. Shazam and stuff like Lights that. Out, yeah, and um, so it's like okay, at, at the time that was an uncommon thing. Do you do you know that story, Anson? I don't. I don't. So if you look oh, up, yeah. if you look up uh, the guy on YouTube, uh, 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 Pony Smasher, right? That's that's his. Uh, yeah, Pony his Smasher. Tag. He never changed it. He never yeah, changed yeah, yeah. it. A really nice guy and, and uh, specialized in, well, not specialized. He just, his passion was doing short form horror films. You know, with just, his wife. Stuff okay. we used to do. Five just, minutes. Just stuff. him and his wife. Just, Five just, minutes, six yeah. minutes stuff. And um, he still made a, bu- a bunch of great ones since then. Just really, really oh, yeah, small. He still makes things. shorts. It's crazy. He's a Hollywood director and now. Sure enough, I think, I think um, it's just becoming a more, um, a path that you hear about more and more often is just, there's such there's such a demand for content and Netflix, Hulu, everyone th- is starting to not really care where it comes from, <laughs> or sure. at least in bringing in sure. being open minded in that way, which is awesome, because I think and I, then I think the old version of that path was kind of more something like Damien Chazelle with Whiplash, where you know you something I want to talk about with is like I want to do with us more, which is make the twenty minute version of a hour and a half movie and then pitch that you know. Um, so I think that's, um, in a lot of different ways, you're right. We are, we are like, dude, you're, look at your setup right now. You're in the industry. Yeah, you're, not a, you're not a hobbyist. You're not a hobbyist. You are the industry. Look at those tube lights. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the question I wanted I, to ask you too about being an expert and authority on YouTube. You mentioned, uh, being an authority and not, and having, cause we have, I go through this too, of like want to make YouTube videos. I want to talk about this, this, and that, but then I don't feel qualified or I don't feel like I know what I'm talking about or I should, or people should oh watch God. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time, every time that literally like the, not the last video, the video, the video before last, where I was talking about camera to cloud for with, with the Sigma FP, like talk about the biggest imposter syndrome that I had in a video. Like I, I was like, I barely know the application of when people will use this. I don't work in environments where people are going to use this or or, or rather I don't work in an environment where this is going to be used necessarily, but I have to talk about it. Like I know what I'm talking about. And so like I had like the, the, the research that I did, I actually got paired, um, partnered with Sigma Cine's, one of their ambassadors, uh, Graham. Uh, and I was like, Hey, I think I can figure this out and I think I can figure out my talking points. But if, if I have questions, can I send them to you? And he was like, sure. Um, and so there is through all that, like, I was like, okay, let me come up with a couple of scenarios where I think it's applicable, where even I can relate it to like a content creation type scenario and talk about it. And that's what I go through every week because it's not because and, and it, when I say I'm a hobbyist, 
any projects I do right now would be considered passion projects. Like I make no money off of videography or filmmaking. And some, and again, like I said before, that's by choice. Like a lot of that's by choice. I've, I've sure. been asked to do certain things and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Um, the, my, the biggest thing that I do right now, honestly, and probably the biggest source of content that I have is I'm working my way into, it's a very weird niche, but a BTS niche, yeah, um, which is a very small section of the industry where, it, and I, and I like it because it almost, and I, cause my, I think my ultimate goal is to make documentary of some sort. I like telling people's story. You, you made a I whole just, video about like documentary rig, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, I think that uh, was Sigma one of the ones I watched. Rig. Yeah. That was super cool because Sigma Cine was like, Hey, can we use some of this stuff? And I was like, yes, thank no you. way. That's so sick. Um, yeah. They were like, can we use the thumbnail? Because that's, we like the setup. Can we, I, I don't, I think they, um, I think they did a Instagram post. Like it wasn't anything sure. super crazy. Um, but for them to recognize that and, and, and ask that like it meant a lot to me because I mean, honestly, other than like, just making content on YouTube, like one of the f- biggest things that bring me gratification is just working with some of these brands. Like I've worked with Sigma since I was 500 subs. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I, I've worked with them for years and have gotten to the point where like I talked to my rep like he's one of my friends. <laughs> like um, we had candid conversations and and talk about different things. And, uh, um, you know, it's. I love working with them, starting with work with Lumix now. Um, and it's just, it's just cool. Like I get to test things that like I wouldn't, if I didn't do this, um, you know, like being able to get my hands on like the Sigma 65 millimeter cine lens earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Like if I weren't doing this channel, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, now I own a set of Sigma Sydney lenses since then. Um, oh, you do. Wow. But yeah, I, I f- love those lenses. <laughs> love those lenses. Um, it's, I wish they had a little bit more character, but I do, I, I make it work. Too clean uh, for I find <laughs> No, dude, don't even get me started. I, I hate that argument. I'm like, just rub some Vaseline. <laughs> just rub some Vaseline. <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> no, that was the that was the What's, internet thing. From remember, every video was like, "Make your video look dreamy by rubbing Vaseline on your lens. all of your two thousand dollar lens." Yeah, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's funny. I so I found this this uh, this hack. We'll say hack. Sure. Um, I found this really just. For all intents and purposes, there's like shady filter. Sorry, can I cuss on the on this? Uh, I just did. Uh, so I think we're good. No, <laughs> okay. We, we do all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. Fair, fair, fair. I <laughs> forgot to for ask that before. No, no, I was no, like, no. I never I, know. I actually I meant never to know. tell you too. I forget if I mentioned, but it's all good, man. Yeah, we're super casual here. We're cool, right, Mike? There we're we cool. Go. So cool. We're cool. We cuss. <laughs> so freak. So freaking cool. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you dropped an f bomb. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh my god. Sorry, I didn't but, but yeah, no. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. The the best thing was I found this shitty filter from uh AliExpress 
that basically for like certain prime lenses will make the bokeh uh like the helios type swirly bokeh oh okay uh and i was like you know what that's why i love sigma lenses because like they give you like a canvas to work with and so sure. i think i got derailed from the original portion of this but mm. basically yeah i mean it's <laughs> i i like working on the brands and i i like uh you know it's just yeah well like, it's nice i, that I see is awesome yeah i'll go and then i'll let you go but because mine's short i was just gonna say it's nice that um sigma in particular um, like you said, they, they've been working for you with a while because we did some work with them as well for my Maldives content. Yeah. And I'm still in contact with the guy um, with one of their other reps, I suppose, who um, the movie we're producing right now has been all with the FP. Um, so he keeps saying, you know, keep us updated, keep us updated. So they seem very responsive to just like, again, there's just a, such a demand for for content that they're trying to promote. So, but it's cool. It can come from anywhere, you know, as long as your stuff looks good. I mean, it, it brings me back to our old, old conversation about getting hired as a DP, et cetera, is like, they don't care about your resume. They care about your reel. Like, they, that's how that's how you get hired. If your stuff looks good, people will notice and they will hire you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yep. what were you going to say, Mike? Yep. Well, I was going to say what um, Anton said, I thought was really beautiful and cool is that you're able what you said about how you keep the filmmaking side of your life sacred and how you don't just like say yes to projects and say yes to to jobs or gigs that people offer to you because you do keep it separated and you do keep it as your passion um i think that's really cool that you're able to to do that and able to focus your attention on things that you really want to i feel like me and chris are people who would do the opposite because we we use the filmmaking to make money and we do use that as our primary uh, income and so we're susceptible to burnout we're susceptible to doing projects that we don't necessarily want to do um we run we, we totally run the risk of burnout because we're, we're you know we work on our movie <clears throat> i work on the movie that we're producing like it's my full-time job way more than i do <laughs> <laughs> but we both do freelance work on the side as well and um yeah, we just run the risk of well, as the, doing too much. As our main now, because M Mike and I both used to work um, for, for companies doing production. Um, I was working for a creative agency in Hoboken doing mostly medical-related videos, which, ironically now, I left that company, and now they hire Mike as a freelancer for all the work <laughs> now that I, I didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. we help each other out. Um, but Mike used to work for a creative agency, too, doing, um, you know, we both used to be full-time, and then... It seems like the the vibe these days is um, so many people live the freelance life. Um, a lot of yeah. a lot of people we know um, are switching to that way because of the freedoms it gives you, and um, and things like that. You know, working for your working for yourself and whatnot. Um, both have their have their pros and cons. Um, but um, so that's kind of what we we both switched to at this point because it's given us the ability to um, go further with our. Pa the, the passion of filmmaking which is our film we're working on currently which is so long and tedious <laughs> <laughs> it's been what's yeah, the been what's the runtime goal <clears throat> um well the, that's a interesting question goal what's the runtime oh, goal? oh goal? goal i don't think i don't think we have a goal we don't we didn't have a goal <laughs> at the time it used to be to give you an idea answer of where this project started and how it's going is 
one of our main things that me and Mike used to collaborate on was every year there was a competition called lightsaber choreography competition. And it was basically five minute um, lightsaber duels that anyone on the internet could enter. And we had so much fun doing those competitions. We won a bunch of years and we had so much fun doing it. We said, let's scale this up. We feel like we have the ability now, um, this is a year ago, to make a bigger version of this that actually tells a story. You know, we're no writers, but we wanted to learn and, yeah. and experiment with a larger story with our group of, of filmmaking. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of our other friends do this more on the side. Um, because they have like jobs, like whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and they they whatever. need like money. <laughs> Just I need money. Those bills. But anyway, we <laughs> we we basically we said let's shoot for like a longer version, like fifteen minutes, eighteen minutes, twenty minutes, and we started loving what we got so much, and actually ran into a point where we said all of our fighting choreography is great, but our story still kind of sucks. So let's add more. And now we're up to about 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shh. And, and we yeah. still, that's amazing. And we still have. Um, it's awesome, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it's still, that's it's amazing. A, it's a puzzle piece, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, we, I'd love to share some yeah. with you sometime, a little behind the scenes. We have, uh, I'm six, sure you'd love some of it. Six uh, filming days left in the schedule to fill out the last of the reshoots, the last of like the little connecting pieces that we need to put together. And then, well, by the time that's over, it'll probably be 40 minutes, very close to yeah, 40 minutes, sure. so just over 40. It's the the biggest thing we've ever done, yeah. man, and we're, we're pretty stoked about it. It's been, so. it's been, we're at 38 days of shooting, and so we'll be at, 30, at 40. Four. A day a minute, that's, is what, this, that's what they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> is this what, is, let me rephrase my my question here. Is this kind of what spawned or what started? Because I know you put out on the channel the your Christmas short film. Oh, yes. Which had a little bit of lightsabers in it. Was mm -hmm. this kind of like taken a little bit from that kind of concept? Or because so, um, you said yeah. lightsabers, and I immediately, because yeah. I just watched your behind the scenes last night. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, that yeah, was a fun one. There's some, uh, so not on, on Chris's channel, on the Helium Turtle channel, but on my channel, is where the lightsaber following is. So we have there's okay there's six lightsaber duels on there. Three of which I've done together with Chris, and they range from having three hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand views. So like they have a quite yeah, quite a big following it, in the it, little it's community. Still nuts to us both that they got so much attention, and th that was another reason why we said okay, we have. You know, it's almost like we have we know if we put it on Mike's channel that it's going to get some kind of viewership, a longer version. You know, um, so Mike's Mike's channel kind of has a little bit more of a following specifically for Star Wars. Yeah, anything else, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool in a way that, like, okay, a same thing. We we found a niche. Yeah. You know, it's like right. It's all you gotta about find the niche. those niches, you gotta man. Find the niche. Yeah, we so, were we were at a crossroads last year. I was personally at a crossroads where we were discussing like what kind of short films we want to make. We do make short films on the Helium Turtle channel. We do. We have some comedy stuff. We have a horror thing. We have some little bit of action stuff, and um, you know, we were deciding what direction to go in next. We wanted to be better filmmakers. We wanted to do a bigger project than like a five minute project. We wanted to learn how to write a script, how to flesh out a story, how to create characters. And 
you know, what, what do we, you know, what do we use to do that? What genre do we do that in? Do we do an original piece? Where is this going? What's the purpose of this? Who's watching this? And, you know, going through all those things, it came down to leaning into the niche that we already had built. Let's not abandon the audience that we created and the momentum that we had from uh, previously uh, winning the competition, I think a year and a half before that. And mm-hmm. let's uh, let's make a Star Wars project. Let's make a our well. Let's make our own original fan film that doesn't. I mean, we always push to like we don't use like names of characters or anything like that. Yeah, everything's like originally created. So we're able to take the liberty in creating our own characters, create our own story, and see how far we can go with it and push it until it breaks or kills us. Basically, and it's broken. And, it, <laughs> and of course, no. It, I mean, it did break. Uh, as we were doing it, because we ran into, you know, you run into so many logistics issues, so many issues of this and that. And then we were unsure, is it for the competition? Is it just for YouTube? Or now, well, now we missed the window for the competition. I guess it's not for the competition anymore. Well, screw the competition. We're making it for... We're doing our own we're thing. We're doing our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. It's, it's, been, it's been a crazy ride. And we wrapped up filming in November of last year. And we had, I think the movie maybe at that time was about 24. 25 minutes or something like that the runtime and our first nice. act of the movie wasn't great you didn't know you didn't know what was going on <laughs> and, and there came a certain point He's, where it's he like says it sucked yeah <laughs> well i think we, we we literally mirrored the famous like george lucas behind the scenes of like where they screened um phantom menace for the first time and everybody just kind of looked at each other and went well that was a movie <laughs> we may have gone too far we, we didn't go far enough. <laughs> no, actually, we didn't go far enough. That was the that was the reason it wasn't enough. So yeah. So oh we ended God, up we ended up reassessing of like, okay, well, twenty twenty three, what are we going to do? What are we realistically going to do? Right. Are we going to create other short films? Are we going to write other scripts? We have this project that we love from a certain point on. It's amazing. It's awesome. We love it. Is it worth it to build this out and make it as good, good as, as it, it can be? As it can be. And then we decided, yeah. yes, it is worth it. Let's put all of our resources and time for of this year into this project and make it, you know, just blow it out of the water kind of thing. And and I think to to wrap it up, going back around to what we were talking about, is I think in the back of our minds still is let's go where the momentum is. The momentum is with that style. The momentum is with. Sigma now being kind of like I'm doing my own behind the scenes content. I'm trying to do be more consistent with my channel stuff, which is why I started putting on more behind the scenes stuff. I'm trying to kind of do do more what you're doing too, is just be consistent online presence um, in tandem with um, with what we're working on. Something I was talking about to Ryan on the last podcast we did about a month ago, which is just if you don't show what you did online, people aren't going to know what happened. Yep. You know, there's there's so many teachable moments in doing filmmaking, in learning about gear um, from your perspective. Um, and there's so much valuable content there that people will eat up on the Internet, especially when um, we're all making such cool, cool shiz. And we're all we're all pretty, Absolutely. pretty handsome, too. Pretty handsome. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. We, yeah you guys are great on camera. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a can today. (laughs) 
I was a. No, let me, both let me clarify. No, I was no, a, let let him explain <laughs> what the hell that means. <laughs> I got asked to be to do a G Fuel photo shoot, and I was a can. What? They put me in a G Fuel can Halloween, Halloween costume. costume. <laughs> I I think for the packaging of a Halloween costume, he wasn't even sure. I'll, th- I'll throw it up when this video goes up. I'll know. throw it up right here. He wasn't even but, sure what it's God, for. Yes. But Mike was a can. Was a, of, what were you a can, can of? Um, uh, it's a new Mountain flavor. Dew? No, it's a new flavor. What were you? Hype. Oh, you were you, so you like literally were dressed up as a can. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was like on a on a white yes. background. Yep, I had to drive all the way to Queens to be a can for an like for like forty five minutes. Couldn't it took they have me just longer sent to you the there. costume and you could have done it? Yourself. They sent his him the costume and then whatever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great seg- it's my first great, segment it's my first ever paid modeling gig and i was a can so everyone gotta, hey man, start, you gotta start somewhere you gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere it's my big you gotta break start somewhere. My big break i'm going after pepsi next your i am okay. your imdb will come up and you'll be like the, the first credit will be the G- can. can oh g fuel that's what it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah did wait did that gig come about from the guy that you know the, nick or was did that just the, no nick did the shoot Oh, oh, that was him doing the shoot. Yeah. So oh, okay. my girlfriend is an actor and she did a few, a few different G Fuel commercials, a Crash Bandicoot commercial. A, um, they recreated the Scream like intro for a commercial as well. And this guy, Nick Marola, who wants to, who's, who might come to our right. shoot, uh, whatever our next oh, no Exodus shoot is. Yeah. He wants to come really badly. Get him in. Um, he's the chief creative officer at G Fuel and my girlfriend became good friends with him and he was a big fan of our stuff. And so we've always talked on Instagram. We exchanged numbers. We, yeah. we talked and stuff. We never met in person. And technically, this this G Fuel thing, me being a can, was the first time we ever met. <laughs> it's like an opportunity. The first just time to, we ever met was huge. I was just, a, I was just as a can being in front of a screen acting like a can. I like that. Hey, better a can <laughs> than a can not. Am I right? That's right. That's right. Oh my God, that wasn't. You can't curse. He, he likes my. He likes my jokes. Mike. Mike hates me. When you can. I you can curse, but you can't make bad jokes. Oh, you can curse, but you can't make. That's a dad. See, you're a dad. It's a dad joke. Yeah, he's a dad. That's a dad. It's a dad. Oh, that's Fantastic. funny, man. But yeah. Oh my God. Have you ever been a can? <laughs> I have not what, been a can. What was your best cannot, Halloween costume? Cannot say. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. So. I grew up in a super conservative house, right? Like, so okay. I, my parents didn't let us do Halloween. Oh, so oh, no oh, way. I know, dude. I, of all the like, <laughs> f- like childhood trauma that I have, the thing I'm pissed off the most about uh-huh. is that I didn't get to do Halloween. Like, I actively tell my mother that I'm that pissed off about so that. Funny. Oh my God. Imagine that. I can't, what? Yeah. I'm, was it, I'm was it, a, was it a, a religious thing, if you don't mind me asking? Was it oh, because, for sure. Yeah, it was because sure. of the, the spirits and stuff like that. It's like, we don't deal yeah. with that. Because yeah. I have an aunt that's kind of that way with like talking about stuff like, like oh, you don't mess with that stuff. Right. So. Yo, I, I got a text <laughs> earlier this week being like, my so my daughter had a dance recital and it was the theme was like good versus evil and my mom texts me the next like the night of and she's like I'm very uncomfortable with this and I'm like mom chill like he took Halloween from me come on what else do you want <laughs> he took Halloween from me okay well let's 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 spin it what Halloween costume do you wish you could have worn oh man there's so many let's do there's so many I, yeah. I feel like I had a I feel like I had a good Halloween costume like a couple years ago. Oh, there oh you go. no, no, no! My favorite, my favorite to this day 
like a given my Halloween costumes consisted of when I was an adult. But one year I went as my GTA character, um, which in and of itself is fine. Um, But my GTA character wore like booty shorts and like vans and (laughs) ridiculous shit. So I went as my GTA character and that that made me laugh. My GTA character was was, uh, was black with dreads, so I couldn't do that. (laughs) Oh, be careful with that one. Probably not appropriate. <laughs> You're like nine oh, years old. <laughs> what were you going to say? Let's what? What? What you were say? Oh, oh, uh, no, I was going to say, let's all say our favorites. Oh, our favorites you, of what we did in our, like, you, we, our lives? We, I think we talked about this once on the show because you were a Power Ranger at one point, I know, right? For a few times. Yeah, I was a red times. Power Ranger for like three years. I was the, I was the White Ranger. Yes. Yes, we did talk about this. I oh, remember. Man. Well, I was also yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, too, for, like, a few times. What were you going to say? Have you, guys, have you guys ever talked about the in, inherent racism of Power Rangers? Mm. Oh, well, well, well like, like, the colors? Cold so, Humor made a, made the co- a short the color about that. Yeah. It's the Yellow Ranger, it's so the bad. Red Ranger. It's, it's so yeah, bad. bad. Uh, who the hell knows And then what the White Ranger then. ascends from heaven and is automatically the leader. Like, like <laughs> I know about it. I didn't even I guess that's that some re- religious overtones, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think about it as an adult, and I was like, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan, and I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah Power Rangers, great. I feel like, was the go-to as, like, a boy like a six-year-old boy you know it's like that was like for sure that was the only thing you were you were watching i, I mean, was yeah I was it's giant robots and like kaijus and like oh, ninjas yeah. and like and they made like uh, they're still going aren't oh they? yeah no, they aren't are. there oh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. six thousand yeah. different power rangers there, dude there's a there's a <laughs> they're coming back yeah. around because they're third doing a 30-year reunion oh my yes. god there's a movie film right there's on a film Netflix. coming out yeah 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 there's, it's like yeah. the original Blue Ranger, original Black Ranger. That's crazy. Um, wow. And a couple other people. Obviously, yeah. So imagine that. It's the Green Ranger just crazy. passed away. I know. Recently. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, was that, there was that gritty independent short that, that he did, right? did with he did him with, yeah. in it. Yeah. So um, that was cool. And that was like 10 minutes long or whatever. But I mean, there's a there's kind of what. Um, our buddy Vinny, who we've been working with, who runs his own film school um, in Central Jersey, like an online film. Well, I mean, it's like they have location and stuff too. But um, mm-hmm. what he was talking to us about, which I think is still very relevant, is make uh, kind of like we found our niche with the Star Wars stuff. He has been using YouTube analytics to detect where niches could be. Um specifically within like nostalgic stuff like power rangers and he's like remember his one thing was like i want to make a danny phantom short like live action short oh yeah because yeah. who would watch that wants to do a pokemon and thing pokemon too. and that's why a while ago i was talking about like totally spies and like things like, like impossible that. Too. Yeah, yeah kim possible yep and i was like well then they they did wind up doing the live action kim possible which was really oh that is strange apparently but anyway um, As I was, so is he just like using SEO? He ha- yeah, is he just like I don't I don't know what whatever tool he was showing. Was us it when, VidIQ? When we were there? Yeah, that Vid, thing. VidIQ. Yeah. Well, just I mean, it was yeah. he's he's a produ- has a producer mindset, right? He wants to produce stuff that's going to get watched. Um, so that was just one of the tools he was using. To yeah, he's very good with marketing. Like very good with like, um, because he has to he markets to get students for his school. So he's very good at like 
putting it yeah. out there, targeting people on Facebook and stuff like that. He's always talking to us. He's always, yeah. he wants to help promote our I movie know, so badly. When, when we get into it, we, we will definitely consult him. Um, really nice guy. Um, we're actually, we're doing, so we- have class in two days. How did we, how did we meet? He was some connection through college. Oh, I, did, I met him through- I always forget how we met him, but- You met him before I did. Doesn't matter. You, rec <laughs> you recommended me to him. I always recommend you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is a little bromance. It was a, he was looking for a stunt coordinator and it was. Oh, really, yeah, yeah. And the, Pokemon thing. the Pokemon thing. Yeah, I, I was You busy. recommended me, Josh recommended me, and, and then the whole I, thing fizzled I connected yeah. with him and the whole thing ended up fizzling for, I forget what reason why. Real nice guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> since we do the, the lightsaber shorts um, that he sure. loves, um, we, we love doing them, you know, and we've gotten a lot of experience doing um, choreography. Um, for the camera, you know, things like that. Sure. Film fighting. Pl planning sure. ahead, planning ahead for film, for fighting. You know, we're both big lovers of John Wick and things like that. So he said, why don't you guys sure. come teach a class once a month to um, talk about your experience doing uh, fight choreography. So we're doing our, yeah. our second class this Friday. And like, it's all, you know, people of all ages just wanting to get more into the hobby of filmmaking. And they're so nice. Like they were asked, they were so... Um, uh, like actively listening to what we were saying, asking great questions. It's like, yeah. it's kind of an extension of doing like being an online teacher of like doing YouTube videos, right. but in person. Right. It's a cool right. feeling, man. Yeah. When, when people really appreciate um, the work you've done and, and are really genuinely interested Absolutely. in the craft. So it's been really cool. Absolutely. Do you think you'd ever teach, a, awesome. teach a class on anything? Um... I feel like that's because you're gaining uh, so much knowledge I, I, doing I, I your videos so. and stuff like that, dude. I, it's funny. Like it's it's like I get so my nephew is trying to come up in like videography, like doing some freelance stuff, and so like the things I'm having to like voice memo him when he's going into a shoot or like yeah. going into editing, I'm like, yeah, you just need to do this X Y Z, and I'm like, yeah, okay, there's that knowledge. Um, I think if I were to do a course, it probably would. It would probably make more sense to do it from a side of being a social media person, right? Um, I think I think not being not I don't know if my film catalog would be deep enough to say or like even extensive enough to say like here's some courses on X Y Z filmmaking. Except if I this next project I feel like has a place where could be a teachable moment oh because um, it's all like it's all textures it's all macro shots like it's just like i'm i'm excited about it and that's the reason i'm taking my time on it um but i think there are some things here and there and absolutely like i think that would be something i'd be into but yeah i think it would also make more sense too of like how to be a youtube channel that's been here for five years and have twelve thousand subscribers and <laughs> feel like you you know are small and you know like how to how to deal with that and there's so many teachable moments in that stuff i feel like the content you make is almost like inherently educational because you're teaching people about gear and equipment and like how to use it and what it does and how it functions and you're giving people so much knowledge like you you kind of already are a teacher especially in, in my eyes as far as like especially when you're shopping around yeah. and, and like uh, uh you know beginner and intermediates and even experts watching your content and um 
trying to make informed decisions and you're the one informing them on their decisions. Well, this is like the that. thing yeah. I forgot. I was going to bring this up before um, of something that Vsauce has always said, Michael Stevens uh, from YouTube, is that the ability to um, like do just really good research and put that into words, like mm -hmm. that's how he built his channel was just creating engaging content based on he, he says that he loves doing the research more than he loves doing the video. I mean, if you've ever watched a video of him, you know he's just a curiosity turned up to 11. And, like, I don't, I don't know how the hell he, he does it, but his thing has always just been taking, you know, just uh, what I already said. <laughs> yeah. Taking knowledge from the internet and putting it into your own words um, so that other people don't have to do that research because you did it for all sure. for them and here it all is. And that's a, a form of teaching. So there's so I have two things to say to that. So like one of one thing is that's my that's like my career. My day job is like I, t I tell people all the time as a trainer, like it's not that I know more information than the other person. It's that I have the ability to curate all that information that they need to know yep. to ultimately deliver it to them. And they can go and do all the research and find all this out. But I'm like, uh, it could potentially be faster because I've already collected all the information they need to know. And so training or teaching is always, I feel one step ahead of whoever's consuming it. It's not like. I, you know, the software that I train for, like, I don't know all the ins and outs right. for that software, but like, I know enough about the next specific thing that I'm about to talk about that the person I'm guiding through that, I can securely guide them through that. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I learned from, from even just like my, my day life is, is just, that is a part of it is collecting information. And that brings me to the second point, which is. How many times have I my reply to a comment been take the free information and move on? You know, like, <laughs> like how, you know, people are all the time like you, you know, you didn't do this right or you didn't do that right. And I'm like, cool, thanks. Uh, you're welcome for what you got. Um, bye. <laughs> so. That's just the internet, man. That's oh, that experience it's, is it's so, so unanimous on the internet, especially like Reddit and stuff like that. Of you know. People are people. What are you going to do? Reddit's been kind to me. That's good. Reddit, Reddit, the only Reddit, like, not like hate that I get. So I was fine on Reddit until I went to the Lumix Reddit thread. <laughs> and then That's people funny. are like, you're not talking about the Lumix camera. You're talking about a, a lens for the Lumix camera. I'm like, stop. Man. Go away, stop. man. I'm embarrassed right. to own the camera that I'm I have. I'm just going to stop posting. I had one of my... Wait, I actually want to read it um, to you because you, you'll you find this hysterical. I had a recent comment. Oh, I wish Detail. I remember which video I'm going to start on. a whole entire series of like the troll comments I get all yeah. the time. It's ridiculous. Hand. It's I, I had a it. string of I had a string of of one it's always fun when you get that one person that decides to follow all of your videos <laughs> to do nothing but shit comments and I'm like I don't know if you know how this works but you're actually helping me so thank you 
Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's kind of what I always say too. Is like, hey, they watched, you know, and like that's the yes, most important that's thing. That's what I always say too. Yeah, it's like, hey, you watched it, but here, I got you to watch it. Here's before I forget, I found the example. Um, it's, yes, it's I want, I want the, this comment. It's literally probably the most like, it's like the meanest thing I've ever gotten. Maybe some of our shorts on your some of channel. The Star Wars ones. We get people I mean, get crazy on those. People videos. get crazy defensive and they debate. They debate our movie i'm not even involved in the conversation they're talking to each other and like again again like, like i made the geez. thing here you go yeah. like do with it what you want it's cool so right it is really cool. right it, it is cool to see uh people get so like freaking angry but anyway on one of my videos which don't get as many views so it's like probably that's why they don't get as much hate but this comment i was just reading i was like what the hell man so he goes it's one of my my fp grading clips he says extremely mm. extremely unnatural grade oversaturated clipped crunchy hard to appreciate the image quality of the camera at all and i was just like okay <laughs> so i i said appreciate the comment i do always say i'm no colorist by any means i just had fun playing around and making things look the way i liked and he returned with my comment was pretty freaking harsh now that i reread it thanks for replying like a gentleman and he goes That's on to say amazing. that he's considering the FP, you know, like so many people are, but he was having trouble finding sure. a more natural look. So I pointed it. I like gave him references. I was like, here's some other FP. I actually, I think I shouted you out in my reply because <laughs> I said, hey, go check out this guy's stuff. And, um, That's funny. you know, if, if my That's stuff's funny. not your cup of tea, but I was like, it's funny how sometimes on the Internet people will do a 180 when they realize you're like a human. <laughs> Dude, I have I have like the other end of that. Um I for a while like found myself being that asshole in the comment section. Well, that's good like, to know. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's so there's this weird thing that happens with YouTube the community, right? Like when you're a small, like not even a smaller channel, but you're a channel that doesn't work with brands, right? You don't get to test some things. You get this weird jealousy for people that do. Oh, yeah. And like, it's weird. I was talking to my buddy about this the other day. I was like, it's weird the jealousy that people get because you'll get like, that's how you get these videos every like three to six months where it's like, I'm a person that reviews with integrity because I test these lenses for six months rather than a week. And it's just like, well, yeah, because maybe you haven't gotten the opportunity yet because wait until you do and you will, you know, and so it's it happens. So all that to say, I was that person at one point. Right. Um, oh, I, I think don't know. We if all you guys... kind of were. It's yeah. like I think you I think you can start as as a content creator looking at other people's stuff and just being yeah. like not as appreciative of like the work that goes into yeah. it. And I think that's a yeah. big part of it. And then you get to do it more and then you're like, you've, you've, you've self-reflect a little bit. So you're like, man, if I only knew the shit that they go through. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys follow anybody in like the email ecosystem, but like, I think what is his name? Sydney, Sydney Dia. I can't remember his last name. Um, so he did a review of a Sigma I series lens and he yeah. like titled the video and everything miniature cinema lenses. And like, I don't know why that set me off. It set me off. I was, I went to the comments. I was like, these aren't miniature cinema lenses. Like, uh, they don't, I mean, the gears right. aren't even, they don't even cinema yeah, I gears. Gonna, I was I just going to say there's no gears on them. So they're not cinema lenses. <laughs> 
there's no gears. I think people see the grooves and they're like, oh, this can be used for a follow focus. I'm like, no, that's yeah, not okay. the same. Whatever. The pitch is different. Anyways. Um, but what's funny or what's funny a little bit about that is I didn't realize that he was working with Sigma and my rep from Sigma saw that comment oh, and Jesus. called me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh no, you're, you're he was getting like, involved hey. in negative brand perception. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. He was like, hey, uh, I, I don't. Uh, so Sydney's a cool guy. I don't know if you know that. Like, I was like, okay, Jack, or no, I shouldn't say his name, but like, I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remove my comment. I think I even commented of like, Hey man, I'm real sorry. Like I was a dick. Great, great review or something like that. And it was a good review. It just annoyed me that he said it was cinema lenses. And so, but now I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so. Dude, my favorite thing about the holidays is my mom will put out this cheese um, oh, I'm sorry. Cream cheese with pepper jelly. You ever had that? No. Ooh. Crackers, Ooh. cream cheese, and pepper jelly. Oh my god. Pepper jelly. You ain't living. Uh, Mike, give me a check once. You ain't. Sibilis, Sibilis, Sibilis. Check one, two. That laugh. <laughs> that was the fakest laugh I've ever heard. Before. No, it wasn't. All right, we're good. You just haven't made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just not to get too like deep about stuff, but <laughs> you, oh, you were just talking to me about laughing. I was just talking to you about laughing. I told um, Jackie this. I think it's true, at least for me, um, in uh, finding a partner or looking for a partner of any kind. One of the important things for me is, especially when I've noticed if, as I've been dating around, of like, I really only connect with people like fundamentally that can make me laugh. I, fi- I find myself so many times laughing with, um, like, laughing to be polite. And, like, well, that, well that's something you do, like, anyway. But I- I'm saying, like, as you go along, like, one of my one of my markers that I found of, like, if this thing is going to work out or not is, like, okay, I've been with this person for, like, a month. And maybe once they made me, like, actually laugh. <laughs> Whereas I've been with other people who just have, like... It's just, it's just, a, uh, um, you know, when you find someone that has the same kind of humor that you do, like, like, that's why we connect uh, very well a lot of times because we have the same kind of humor. And that actually goes back to our discussion. Anson, do you, have you seen the show? I think you should leave the sketch comedy show on Netflix. Okay. We're, we were just talking about it because it's a very divisive show in that the comedy seems to be either totally in line with like your comedy or you completely don't understand it kind of similar to i don't know if you know um tim and eric like uh tim heidecker and eric wareheim their kind of comedy it's not the same thing but it's it's a similar kind of comedy where it's like you either get it or you don't (laughs) so it seems like it's just a funny uh it's a thing that we've been talking about recently of just how interesting uh comedy can be and how it it can either be someone's cup of tea or not at all it's it's what i bonded with nick from G Fuel, there over, we bonded over. I think you should leave. He's a huge uh, fan, and me and Jackie even talked about like if you if you didn't find this funny, I don't know how compatible we would actually be. <laughs> well, there you go. So you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's not to like hang a lot on the show, but it's it's it does speak to the level of like how we do entertain each other constantly. We live together, For so sure. we do keep each other entertained constantly. But we 
you know, it's sharing a similar sense of humor and being able to make each other laugh and, um, and that connection. And that's what we have. And that's what I and have it's with beautiful. her. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I don't have. With I'm, I'm writing this down. Natalie is interesting. Uh, what'd you say? Ant? Calling, calling her out. I said, I'm writing this down. I think you should leave. Is that the name of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Sketch comedy show on Netflix. Well, I was actually, this was one of the things I was talking about before where I wanted to bring up. Uh, I was going to ask you, Anson, if there's anything that you, well, I'll preface this real quick because um, I think in, especially me making my own stuff, a lot of my inspiration for, you know, what I want to do next or things I want to incorporate into our filmmaking um, endeavors is I'll see something like a show or a movie that does something really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I feel like you take bits and pieces as a creative person of things you saw as a kid, things you watched growing up that like really inspired you. Um, do you think there's anything of recent that you've watched that has kind of like been either something you really appreciate or something you want to, that's something that's inspired you recently? Because I have an answer to it, but I, want, I wanted oh, to ask man. you. I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's a lot at the, and then there's also like not, I know that's a very weird answer, but, (laughs) um, I, I, you know, I look back, I mean, my biggest inspiration always comes from Jaws, like my favorite movie of all time. Like the way that Spielberg approached that movie, uh, is kind of the way I approach pretty much anything that I do is I'd rather do it well than not be able to to pull it off and it's it's weird like the the way that he and i know this is not recent but this i'll i'll definitely find something that's recent but the way that spielberg kind of like made it to where you had the idea of bruce the shark Mm -hmm. uh because if he showed it too much it would look like shit um, and so that's when, whenever I do a, like I work with my nephew on like a film or we talk about a film idea, I'm like, okay, what's your idea? Okay. Let me tell you why this won't work and let's find a way to make it work and make it look good and make it work versus try to over promise under, under deliver. Right. Um, that's a great example though. I, I'd, I see it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of how I approach most of the things I do. Um, I honestly, it sounds weird. But a lot of the influence I, uh, I see is watching random filmmakers and indie filmmakers on YouTube. Uh, it, it sounds dumb because like it's we talked about. I mean, although we just said that YouTube is starting to become the industry. Yeah. Um. I, you know, if I'm if I'm honest, like a lot of the visual stuff that I get is from just watching other creators is just like, holy shit. I literally like. It's weird. Like every Tuesday, because I post on Tuesdays, right? Like, so like Saturday through Tuesday, I'm like in my second job mode. Right. Like, so like Tuesday is kind of like my Friday. And what I do with my Tuesday nights is usually consume YouTube where I'm just like watching other people. Um, and so I'll go through and like every once in a while, I'll even like type in like on the search bar, like Sigma FP just to see what the hell comes up. Right. Right. Um, I do that with lightsaber and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep, really you keep tabs, right? I got to keep like, tabs. What's, what's everybody up to? You know, that's uh, like, lightsaber, lightsaber yeah. dual past month. And I right. do that like once a month and I just want to see what's out there. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, I saw a couple of people last night where I'm like, holy shit, I'm screen grabbing. Like, I'm like, this is, 
absolutely fantastic. There was one I watched last night that was like somebody shot um, like an artistic dance um, where they had a couple of dancers come in. They had like the lighting was really nice and and everything. I was like, holy shit, that's a visual that I can use for the for what I'm, the project I'm working on now. Right. To mm-hmm. kind of break up the the monotony, you know, of what's going on in those shots. Um, so I think, you know, other creators and then obviously like, you know, I'm trying to think of like what I watched in the last six months that I'm like, holy cow. Um, it's kind of a cop out because it was bigger, successful, more, more successful show. But something that I gained drastically from The Last of Us oh, yeah. was, was the fact that like imperfect – and the same thing with like the Batman, right? Like, and they're different, different – they approach it differently. Imperfect is okay, right? Like we focus so much as – I'll say the YouTube – filmmaking community or youtube camera tech community focus so much on every shot needs to be smooth needs to be just like almost like a photo like like flows like water and to watch last of us and see that a big production show had that much shaky camera movement to give you that realism to give you that uh, to bring you into that moment just made, reminded me that what am I doing? Like it, it goes, you know, and we you can have conversations around tech of like Ibis ruins everything, you know, and it's just, <laughs> but that, that was, was, was one that reminded me of that. And then obviously the Batman, like I just, I now want to dirty up my shots. Every oh time yeah. That I that's, shoot. that's the lesson everyone on YouTube talked about from that film. Dirty the frame. Well, the thing we were saying about, um, I like what you're saying because it, it it just goes back to the putting the story you're telling first Primary. and doing what yeah. is best for the story and what's best to tell this story. And I think some of that stuff probably does get lost in some of those uh, more niche YouTube channels or, or they're focusing on cinematography techniques and doing this and doing that camera movements. And they're not, there is no focus in the story and then so you can yeah. kind of get it twisted where you're but like, everything like, looks great. But everything, <laughs> yeah, but there's no story. So then like it's like you can't even it's hard to even Lighting's learn that. Perfect. Everything's Rembrandt lighting. Right. <laughs> well, where do you even how do you even learn those things without going out and doing it yourself, filming your movie, filming your story, using those techniques that you learned on YouTube and then realizing, huh, why didn't that work? Why didn't my video? Why didn't my movie work? What, what what could I have done better? And then and then understanding the things that you're talking about of how, well, I didn't put my story first. I just used the techniques that I learned on YouTube and I thought that was good enough. And no, it's not. But you can't arrive at that uh, through YouTube. You have to arrive at that by doing it yourself and learning and taking all those areas and just being a student of the game. And that's what that's what we do. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think I think there's a huge chasm between the YouTube filmmaker and i i'm gonna use air quotes in this for the audio uh people but i'll use air quotes in this the youtube filmmaker and someone that understands filmmaking how it's supposed to be in in a sense like because you have youtube filmmakers that their biggest influence are people like peter mckinnon like maddie hupoya in 
and I was going to mention you know, uh, quarter, quarter bigger... crew too. Um, is one of those I think yeah. uh, for UTP. Yeah, absolutely. For for sure. And 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 the thing is, is like until you go into looking at, and this is why I like watching indie filmmaking channels, even though those are the ones that, sadly enough, are probably like under a thousand subs, um, because. People want to see examples, but they never want to see finished work. Yeah, that's, um, the, that's the you know I don't yeah I don't know if you guys have found that out at this point. Is like people love gear reviews, but when you put out like the film that you were working on for all these gear reviews, like they don't show up for those. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, I feel you. And and so there's just like this this jump of, and I think that's kind of like the the growth that people that do you do learn from YouTube have to make to become a better filmmaker is understanding that it's not just about the shot. I mean, like how many times do we see on YouTube and I've, I'm guilty of this, like there we title something, a film, but there's absolutely no story. It's all just <laughs> visuals. Yeah. Um, And, and while like, I think we do that, a little bit for the algorithm, you know, like I hate using the word cinematic. I think most people in the filmmaking niche hate using that word now because it's been so tainted and like everybody uses it incorrectly or we don't even, most of us don't even know what he means. It's so true. Um, but we use it in our titles because the algorithm or short film, because yeah. the YouTube algorithm has no idea what to do with microfilm, you know, and stuff like that, or, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's just it's it's the game you play but it creates a monster sometimes and so agreed but the cinematic thing is is so funny it's it's it started as just a normal word and then as the youtube community grew and it just became like cringe i guess is the word to use yeah a bit. i think if you were to say like get that cinematic look like everybody what's the first thing if you're thinking like a YouTube consumer, what's the first thing you think of when somebody says the cinematic shot? Um, I'm thinking, you think of, you think, you think of crop bars. I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> crop bars, backlighting, contrast. Shallow depth of field, sure. <laughs> oh, like one, yeah. aspect ratio, like, like, but that's the thing is like, we kind of all had different, a little bit different answers. Like that's so vague, it, but yet, there it is. We're just yeah. Con <laughs> continuing. Thing. The term applies to even things outside of just lighting and framing too. It's like, well, it applies to blocking of your scene to make it look more cinematic. It applies to acting. It applies to subtle camera movements, not even just lighting, but even our little tilts or little pans that we're learning. Simple little things make it look yeah. more cinematic. Or, but it's it's not. It's like the whole product. It's like not just. I don't know. Everyone it, it just, does apply to everyone. Just stop. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. Everyone we're just stop. But it, it's a buzzword. It, I, it's a buzzword. I don't think we're ever gonna escape. Well, we're saying it more now, so the video gets more popular. Oh crap! So this video gets more popular. Oh, right. through vidIQ. Everyone's <laughs> we're instantly more views. Instantly, at least twenty-five more views. You have to, you have to use cinematic in this title. It, it you have <laughs> my, to. Yeah. Like, like Chris and Anson discover how to make or talk about how to make your video more cinematic. <laughs> oh God. And then they come to the video, we're just trashing Dude, them. <laughs> it will instantly do better than any other title you have in your mind right now. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. It's. <laughs> I was gonna say something about what you're, uh, what you're talking about to answer Chris's question about what you watch, 
or what you have watched recently. I think it's really, it's really interesting that you watch stuff on YouTube because you're watching, it's cool that you're watching stuff on your own platform, the platform that you're on and you're watching other fellow creators and other fellow YouTube filmmakers and learning from them and being inspired from them and being inspired directly from your peers. And I mean, I think I actually never haven't done that. And I, I'm curious to try and do that because I usually just go, I guess, the more traditional route of just watching a bunch of movies or watching old movies or just watching recent movies and not so much watching my peers. And I think me and Chris have talked about this before, too, about we're short filmmakers. Do you watch short films? No. Okay. Wait a second. <laughs> I, I We actually did a fun night a while ago with friends where we binged short films on YouTube and it was pretty fun because ever because most of them are, are fucking garbage. <laughs> but but yes. it would also be fun yes. when you got to a good one. You're like, oh, that was actually really good. Um, we should do that. We should do yeah. a little series yes. where we where we just take like a couple hours on like a Thursday or something and just like bash short films. Ben, <laughs> or watch good. No, ones. no, find the bad ones. <laughs> they were they were really well, fun. See, I I cop out. I, I I align myself in the microfilm territory. I'm like, I have do not have the attention span to do anything longer than like a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like 90 yeah. seconds. I'm good. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. I I it's funny. I for my day job, I just uh, did a, a edited demo for a 15 minute instructional, and I'm like. I don't do this in my personal life. And so I'm drained. Yeah, like, I didn't do yeah, anything today because I was like, I'm just like drained from that. So anyway. no. what, what you said too reminded me of um, some of the stuff we were doing in class and kind of like what we wanted to do for our class that we were teaching was, you know, we get inspired. I get inspired from watching, uh, you know, either Hollywood movies or classic movies and stuff. But we didn't want to teach our class with like things that we've learned or like try to try to teach them like Hollywood techniques. So this is this is what they do. We took it from like let's just talk about our experiences of things that we did and and show people what is doable at this level and just really just kind of just level with them and, and have a grounded conversation and grounded class of well this is what it, it was going this is what it looks like not having any budget and what you can kind of do with that and what you can pull off. And here's the techniques and here's the things that we did that worked for us. And then like, if that works for you, great. But we're, you know, we're just, yeah. we just solely talk from experience and not try to, uh, yeah, preach really. That's so valuable. Like I, I, I often have the conversation. So like I, I, something that I've been trying to do lately is like, I, my nephew is the guy that is usually in all my videos. Um, and I'm just like, Hey, you want to hang out? I'm going to, I need some footage. Like, let's just hang out. My wife won't bottle for me anymore. Let's, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, exhaust this resource. Um, but recently I was like, yo, um, I'm doing the BTS thing, but I'm really wanting to get into, I want to put my teeth into like something like a, a maybe a microfilm, just something with a story, right? Like something with, with substance. Um, he was like, okay, I got this idea. And I'm like, he like went through this idea and I was just like, you've instantly just made our budget so much. <laughs> like in, in Our budget, our resources, everything. And that's every time I pitch like an idea to him. And it comes from that, like 
lack of knowledge of what it actually takes to make a film. Yeah. And so that's why I say it's invaluable because that's such a practical piece of knowledge to say you don't have a budget. Okay. This may be your concept. Here's how to execute this concept with no budget or with X, Y, Z budget, whatever it may be like such an invaluable piece of information in my opinion. So yeah, I love that. I love that. One of the things I was going to say too, that I forgot to say when we started is I think coming across as genuine is one of the more important things when you're presenting content. I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've always hated with a passion the people on video videos that are, I mean, I'm also an introvert, so I'm immediately turned off by someone that goes, Hey guys, what's going on today? We're going to try out this new lens. It's going to be awesome. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. I can't, yeah. I can't handle it. I don't know. Maybe that's better for yeah. like younger people, but it like that's what drains me is people talking like that. But also, I think it just comes off as disingenuous. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I feel like you're not real right now, and I feel like you can tell. It's, you could tell with some well, people that's, that that's a character that they're well, not actually doing. Probably it. what your people in your comments are used to of why that guy would give you a comment like that because that's probably what he's used to seeing. Maybe. And when you see someone who's genuine, well, I feel like it's and impossible real. to do that. I mean, that was going to be my my compliment to you is like I love your vibe. Like I could tell how genuinely interested you are in these things, and I feel like that's a compliment people give to me a lot too, of just like yeah. we're doing it because we like it and like we want to share it. And not because we're playing some stupid character that's trying to get you to like watch our videos. Like it's like watch if you want, man. Like I, I've never, I'm never gonna say hit that sub button. Like you know, I'm like you might have said right. If, pe- said if people, it. if people want to watch it, they'll watch it. I don't right. think I, I, right. I, I pray tell, <laughs> find an example. I'll find of me. it. Oh God, he's gonna, he's gonna call, we'll get me, get me being it. a hypocrite. <laughs> no, I. It's it's funny. I've I've hidden my vlogs. Um <laughs> so I I made them private at some That's point last year. Like all of them. I, I was like yeah. done. Uh if you watch any of those, it, it is that direct you learn from like the bigger people, like you gotta yell, you gotta be excited. And it's just like, oh my God, <laughs> this is painful. <laughs> Oh god! I watched. There was a review. I I watched. It's okay. Talking about like watching peers and like, I I I kid you not. Like I will be entertained by gear reviews. Like I will watch a CVP like gear review all day long. Like it's dumb. I don't know why I love gear reviews as much as I do, but I do. But I watched one the other day, and literally that. Like the dude started yelling, and I was like what is happening i feel like i need to like go take a nap or something like <laughs> oh man it was so bad i can relate man i, I was like i'm not gonna way. give you a dislike but i'm gonna not leave you a like <laughs> yeah so. one thing I, I mean on that i feel like i brought up corridor crew before i feel like they're the perfect blend of that where you can tell they're genuine but they get excited when they need to you know um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've just been around for so long yeah. that everyone knows they're they're chill so I think that's the thing is like we all have our different levels of excited. Like there are definitely times where even videos now I can tell when I'm more excited about a specific piece of tech sure. or, uh, or, or something of like that. Oh, there was a video I did a couple months ago and 
I think it was when like Sigma dropped the APS-C lenses for Fuji X mount. Oh, okay. And for some reason, I was overly excited in that video. <laughs> like, Something's just get it wasn't you, like screaming at you, but I was like, man, this is amazing. And so <laughs> I got that way for um what what came out? It was like an audio thing. It wasn't the pod track, but it was something something that came out. That I was just like, same thing. It's like some things just tickle you right in the right place, and you're like, I want it, and I want to use yep. it right now. I want it. <laughs> it happens, but we all we it's a, it's a level, right? Like so, like our you know baseline may be chill and vibe, and then like that level is just like a little bit. It's kind of you get a little bit more energy in your voice, and so. <laughs> I think I think it was the DJI Absolutely. mics. Absolutely, I think it was when the DJI mics came out. Because yes. because when Rhodes are- Rhodes started the 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 little mic packs that were like good, but then we used them and they, yeah. they had a bunch of things that were like like not figured out yet, and I think they've since fixed. But the DJI came out and kind of did it better in my opinion, and I was like so hyped about those. We use them all the time. Um, they're clip on mics. Yeah, they they're clip on. They have the little magnet too, that you can use. Oh, they have, they do have the magnet. I do want those. Those look fantastic. And they the the internal mics on them are so clean. Like they're so clean in terms of um being like super directional. And I, I, I don't know what kind of mic they have in there, but as our first example that we ever did, we went to do a behind the scenes thing and we were out right on the street here and a car, you know, car passes by right behind me. What would you expect? We come back in here and it was more than acceptable. I was like, you could barely hear that freaking car go by right behind me. I, I would check them out, man. They are they are the most versatile mics I've ever used. Um, very easy. There's to so many too. things on the list. Ah, there's so many things on what's, the list. Yeah, what's what's bag. something you're looking at? Any, any exciting gear that you're looking to get your hands on? No, I know. No, what, no. What, no. the. <laughs> No, no, I always have something between between picking up the Cine set last year. And then uh, this year I picked up the the Lumix uh, S5 Mark II X. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like, I need I need cheap things. Like I'm looking at a bag and I'm like, I just need a I just need a bag. I just need to buy a bag. That's it. That's it. I don't want to finance anything. I don't want to like yeah. pay out my ass for something. What, co- what kind of bag are you looking for? Because I might have a recommendation. Because it's Mike got so, me started on Tenba. Those bags are awesome. I love my Tenba bag. Oh, so there you go. A, I have a doc. I've never heard a bad thing about I have the, the doctor style. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I have the doctor that's, style. That's he got me started on that. <laughs> and then I picked one and I tell everyone that it's the best investment. I mean, I've put that thing through hell and it's been two years and it's still going strong. Oh, yeah. My only beef with this is sometimes it's overkill, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, right like, tool for the right job. If yeah. I go. If I'm going with like the so like my BTS shots, like I've moved away from using like my big cinema rig, uh, which is usually consisting of the FP and the Sigma Cines. Uh, I've moved over to just like the S5 Mark II X with like the Sigma 24 to 70 and maybe a couple of things here and there. And so like I don't need like a Tenba bag to carry all that around. I just, you know, like I'm using my backpack is the same newer backpack that I had five years ago. Like it's, it cost me $20. Yep. It is well enough, like, like paid for itself, but I'm like, I should probably get another bag. So I'm, I'm just, I'm probably going to end up getting one of like the Peter McKinnon because as much as I like 
shit on bigger YouTubers and their energies. And <laughs> I love Pete. Like, I love Pete. Oh, no, he's he's always been Pete. one of those people that I feel like you can tell that he's just like pretty genuine. He's he's like borderline losing me with the film conversation, even though like for mm. all intents and purposes, like I should love film. Like I just the vibe he does in those videos. I'm like, gotcha. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm falling asleep. I, I haven't watched too much of his stuff as um, recent, but I've watched his old stuff and he always seemed like a, a go to guy. Just loves what he does. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm like low key a Pete fanboy. Like I even got like <laughs> we're slowly right here, ramping up to like where you <laughs> wait. What is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the, it. the multi tool that he put out. Oh, I, oh. for um, what like, camera camera accessory, like all kind of little tool, little uh, screws and stuff, Ooh, screwdrivers. Yeah, that's nifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your all kinds of stuff. So, yep, that's nice, dude. Do the, I? I do the Pete's Pirate Life stuff. I got all his freaking like Pete's Pirate Life coins and everything. Like it's dumb. I'm a Pete <laughs> boy. It's, hey man, I'm no I'm judgment shit. here. That's I think that's rad. I want a Sigma <laughs> FP shirt. They don't make them. I'm going to oh, put they my don't? own. You got to make your own. You need yeah. a Sigma yeah, I have one. asked. Oh, wait. I should show you. Wait. Times. Wait. Okay. We're doing this now because I forgot to give these to you last time anyway. <laughs> Almost lost a mic. Yeah. Giving, are you giving me something? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you something. Like a, to like a present? This is it's like Christmas. Is it a, to is it a toy? Oh, like oh my ago. God! You printed these for me. I got a label maker. Since then, Jackie got a label maker. So I kind of started nice. printing my own. Oh, <laughs> mine's better. Oh no! They used the logo. You printed the logo. Um, yeah, and then my buddy Ryan oh, went sick. to um, what the hell is the, cin the Cine Expo? In Cine LA? Expo, some way that yeah. gear something. Well, anyway, they had a Sigma booth. Nice. They got me Sigma P sticker. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, is that fucking rad? I was like, you better get That's me one. This is a big sticker. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he was talking nice, nice with them. He's like, my buddy makes your videos. <laughs> my buddy makes your videos. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, makes, I don't know. Whatever the hell he said. I don't know. But like, um, I was like, give me one. I don't know if they had shirts, but anyway, I want to make a shirt. So Yeah, I got to make a shirt. I was going to say, I got, I got a new backpack recently because I had the... I had the doctor bag and I had to get not get rid of it, but it's in the closet. It's collecting dust. Why do you? I had a, I had a, why are you so upset? About I'm upset because I used it for like three years with the, uh, the Black Magic 6K. Oh, use it. Give it to me. And then when I got Ooh, rid yeah. of the 6K and got an S1H instead, and now I do these travel shoots, Ooh. I just keep everything in a backpack, a backpack and a hard case. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's what's my life now. So whatever suits your needs. Weird. That's what so we're wait, just saying. It, but yeah, is that what you is that what you use right now as an S1H? Yeah. So. Um, I had a Blackmagic 6K Pro. Well, I had it. Okay. I had a 6K <laughs> that got dropped into a river by me, by him. Ouch. <laughs> oh, no. On, on, a, on a movie. We've already told this story before. <laughs> oh, yeah. The short end of it is we were on the last day oh, yeah. of the last shot of our film <laughs> Apex that's on Mike's channel. I made a uh -huh. BTS video. I'll send it to you later because you'll laugh your ass off. I we were on the last shot that was like in a river, and I didn't have the right equipment to be like in the river, so I was standing on oh, like no. a shitty rock or two by four that was in the river. Oh, and why we did this, I have no idea. I think I put. I literally think we were brain dead at that point from shooting thirteen nights <laughs> in a row, and we were just like, "Great, it's the last Might thing. Be. Let's just like do this super not safe thing." <laughs> It's like nobody said anything. Like we all thought it was fun. You asked me, you're like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are we doing? 
I think we were I think we were literally brain dead. Um and then I fell and then the camera got dunked in the river and yeah, that thing oh that thing was God. fried. It was cool how it worked out because the the six K that was like in December or October, November, or whatever, and the six K Pro came out like January or February or something very early the next year. And it was I hadn't yet bought the six K and there was this upgrade. I was like, Oh, upgrade. So I got that instead. But then I got I had that in a GH five or GH five S and I uh I would use that for corporate stuff and client work. And I would use the 6K because we shot with that for our movie. And that was like going to be my cinema camera. Well, for me, the like ergonomics of the camera and the way to use it. And it it's was just, huge. It was just big. And to kit it out and invest all this money in doing so, it just, I, I wasn't crazy about it. And then, you know, having the 5S, I was like, well, I need to, I want to, I want to upgrade this. I just want one camera. Like Chris got the S, the uh, Sigma FP. He just had this one camera set up that we that we uh, are mm-hmm. using for our movies going forward right now. And I was like, I just want one camera. I just want one camera that can kind of do both for me. It made sense. It's like <clears throat> the perfect hybrid. It, it can do it's the, the higher hybrid. end stuff, but it also yeah. has your options of doing the ten bit stuff. You could scale it down for for corporate work if you need to. Um, so I think that's that's the thing is like finding what works for you is not going to be what works for everyone else because it just depends what you do. Um, yeah. So you find you kind of find your I mean, say, your I, home or your happy medium. I say that about people asking about the Sigma FP all the time because I'm like, yo, this ain't for everyone. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, I, I, that's how I led off my video is is it's definitely very niche and it's not all the kinks are yeah. worked out by any means, but everyone kind of knows that it's Ooh. more of an enthusiast thing than anything. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's, there's a there's a big community yeah. around that camera. But it's weird. I've actually realized that like this is a normal thing for Sigma cameras, period. Like people are fanboys for the Quattro, like even some of the earlier Sigma cameras. So like Sigma, I think, knows that they have fanboys. Right. Um, but yeah, but no, I love the S1H. Honestly, like it, it hurt to sell it uh, when I did. Um I will I will say I do appreciate the S5 Mark II X because the autofocus like this autofocus is fantastic. Yeah, you vouch for it, the autofocus on it? I heard it was a lot better. Dude, I'm I am not kidding you. I don't know what magic Lumix decided to pull out. That's really interesting. But they they went from people don't buy it even though they love all the other features but they don't have autofocus to like I think they are. I think it competes with Canon and Sony. Like it's it's good. It's like it's new. Really it's like good. new tech, right? It's something new that they've never had before. It's a it's a it's a processor that it well one it's face detect autofocus, but then it's a processor that was done in collaboration with Leica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was looking at it as like a B cam. No, that's what I was just saying. I was like, you, you can't do that with the FP. I was like, I know that's not the FP. <laughs> I mean, you can. So that was a video I was going to put out here soon. And I oh, yeah. like I, I had these I, I had these videos. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to realize I have, like I realize what it takes to actually do it. And I'm like, nope. Um, I actually got a LIDAR set up without using gimbals. Wait, what? Um, yeah. Tell so me more, I please. use a. <laughs> so basically here I, I got you. <laughs> 
Demo, demo, demo. <laughs> this, let me use the S5 yeah. autofocus. I don't know if you've heard of Axe and Cine before, but they made this for the Pocket 4K, 6K, whereas basically like bypassing DJI's uh, 3D focus okay. uh, to not have to use a DJI gimbal, right? So um, I use, so it's basically you set, you plug this into the, you have to, so there's a couple of components. You have to use the DJI uh, 3D focus uh, you have to use the Nucleus Nano and then this kind of like 3D. It, it looks cheap. Like it's a 3D printed thing, uh, but it basically has components in it that uh, kind of connects to um, a web based software that will have you kind of like calibrate the lenses that you're using Whoa. and, uh, you know, do all these different things. So, yeah, uh, per, pretty much like my last five or six I would say like the last like three or four weeks of video or not like more than that, like five or six weeks of videos have all been using this with my Sigma second Cine 35 millimeter. Um, and I can, it locks on. What's, pretty, what's pretty taking good. the, the signal though? Like what, what digitally is going into that? That's feeding it the focus information. I got you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just a it's just the DJI 3D focus. Oh, okay. There's so, another component. Okay, that's what I was curious yeah. about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you got you got th- the DJI 3D focus. This is acting. Uh, you know, the Axon Cine model is acting like the gimbal, basically the brains of the 3D focus. You plug the Axon Cine into the 3D focus, uh, and then you have the the Axon Cine also plugged into the Nucleus Nano, um, and then basically like through setting up calibrating the lenses okay. it works wow. kind of like the gimbal setup where you have like a set of like five lenses you can work with um but yeah so how reliable it's, would it's you not say perfect. that is yeah that's what i was just getting into yeah it, i got I, I think some of it's user error for me um so <laughs> i've learned that if you calibra- <laughs> right if you calibrate the lens on the nucleus nano before you use it like it it is spot on like i can go back and forth go out like and it will lock on um i've i've gotten to where like i i set it up and i don't think about it there was one i think my video before last it missed focus but you also have to keep in mind i'm i have that lens wide open at t15 um yeah so like when it locks on and it's razor sharp like that's that's a testament to how how that's how impressive. much it locks on. Wow. So that's hard for a human to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a it's a pain in the ass to set up, right. and it can be quirky. But uh, I'll probably put out a video here in a little bit about it because um, people have been asking about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'd I mean, love to see it. It, it helps cool. get autofocus on what otherwise has terrible autofocus. I'm so. still curious to try that that whole DJI rig that they came out with the uh, whatever the hell it was the, the 4D the 4D the 4D I, I just want to hold one and see yeah. how see how heavy it is in real person because that thing's a chunker but there, supposedly there like, are some people that like I feel like that's the new Sony that everybody's just jumping to they're like Ronin 4D I'm like what I don't understand yeah it's so expensive. again it's a niche thing and I don't yeah, know it I, is they're, they're just trying to create their own ecosystem with it which. I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts on it because I don't. Which know is how oddly, <laughs> but it's so expensive. It's like their first 
10 grand? I would wait to the five. Is it 10 grand? I don't know. I would wait to the next it's, one. It kind of rings a bell. Wait until the next one. Well, yeah. Because it's their first the time. Why, but then you're, you're going to say the next one. Then you're going to say, I'll wait for the next one. Then you're going to be waiting for like 20 years. <laughs> well, well, but wait for what? I'm just well, waiting for it to... You got to at some point. Oh, you're going to wait for it to like actually work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. We can't wait for it to like... <laughs> I know. I, I think it works. I just don't know who uses it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can name like two two YouTubers that use it. And then yeah. obviously they use it for their productions. But yeah. Do you follow the guy um, yeah, Make Art Now on YouTube? Josh yes. Yo? Yes. He's a real cool guy. Yes. Ryan met him at uh, oh, really? NAB. Yeah, it's apparently a really cool guy. Was he wearing in real the, life same, too. the same shirt? I don't know if he was wearing a he shirt. He seems like he a had chill stamps. guy. He had make out, make, make out now. <laughs> make out now. Wow, did Ryan, did Ryan partake? A <laughs> <laughs> weird uh, promo promotional stamp that he made. Oh, yeah. I hope I, I want him to see that. Dude, that's an amazing marketing play. I'm going to start using that. Just put stamps, make, make out, out now. now. <laughs> with you, with me, with who? With whoever you feel better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, well, he made a video on it. I like his stuff's always really cool. Did you see that? That Ryan was telling me about the, the, uh, the rig that he made for the, uh, what should we call the Michael Bay shots? The orbit? Yeah, yeah, the orbit. The orbit? Yeah, his, uh, his like his product that he developed. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know he he like oh, literally oh, partnered pro oh, really? with uh, whoever the hell it was to to make the system. <laughs> it's like a product you can purchase. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that. you can. Can yeah. you get it? I don't know if it's still in production or whatever, but I don't I don't know. I know I thought I think he did something with Condor Blue for it. Um I don't know if it's still in production, but I know that that was yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty cool. Really cool. I gotta hit up. I met a rep for Small Rig at a Nikon event, um, who asked me if I wanted to do some, you know, typical brand will send you that they make a video on it. But I never hit her up, and I've totally forgotten. I just hmm. reminded myself of that, so I got to do that. I think they're one. Of, they're one of the only companies that has reliable stuff for like niche products. Like they were the only ones making that um, one of those um, cable lock systems for the FP. Or something like that, uh, which on do I still have that? Do you have another one you could send to me? Because mine, mine broke, and they they don't make it anymore, <laughs> and I can't find anything. I bought a second FP body off eBay just because they didn't. Because my um, I I knew this was gonna happen too, and I know it's gonna happen with this one too. That the USB C uh port is loose on it um so it can't reliably write to an SSD. And I think I fixed it. Like I jerry rigged something to make it work, but. It's going. What you're saying? You got something about this? No, mine are randomly not working. Oh, look at this! Oh, like see. yeah, yeah. So the USB C on the Sigma FPL was causing it was having issues like right away, and I was like, oh god. I thought it was the EVF eleven, and then I then it started happening with Sigma FP, and so I think it's the cables. But yeah, it's weird. So I don't know if you're having USB C issues. I'm I'm curious. Well, as soon as I got it, that. I knew I'm like a. Uh, you know, I really wanted to save those ports. I was like, I love this camera. I know these ports are going to go from right. pulling stuff in and out. So I tried to negate right. that by getting the, I loved that cable lock system. It was great. But at the end of the day, I guess I still did too much pulling in and out because um, eventually it just stopped writing reliably to the thing. So I got a, <laughs> I jerry rigged a different uh, cable lock system onto it. That's like not going anywhere. 
if you tried to take it out, you probably wouldn't be able to. <laughs> um, and it fits the cable in just perfect. And it seems to have been fine since then. But I got another body because obviously for our film stuff, we can't have something that's unreliable like that. Um, right, so we're going right. to potentially try and use it again for to do a two camera shoot. And I think it'll be up to that um, as long as it's not the main camera. Um, just cause I wouldn't want to put us through that. So anyway, yeah, it's just been, it's been a weird thing. Like I said, I mean, like we said, I think it's, you know, it doesn't have the same, uh, production behind it that like black magic does. It's like not as many people right. are buying them. So it's not like really a thing. Right. Um, but hopefully have you, I mean, I'm, I know you've heard the news over what they're talking about with the fovea and stuff, right? I haven't. Oh, I mean, I you, haven't. I've been slightly paying attention to it, but not much. Well, there's, I mean, there's no news really. I'm just, I, everyone's who's a FP person is just like, what's, what's coming next, you know? And supposedly they were developing what's called a Fovian sensor, which I didn't even know was a thing until I read the article on it. And yeah. it's just a completely different image processing system that apparently they went back to the drawing board on because it wasn't working three years ago. In other words, they were apparently supposed to do a follow-up to the FP like two years after it came out and scrapped it and went back to the drawing board. And now it's been, what, four years or something something like that. The timeline got all screwed up because they were trying to develop a new system and it like didn't work. So, so. I will say I don't know if it's an FP. I oh don't no, I I don't know if I don't know what it is either. They were they're just talking about the sensor. Yeah, sure, itself. sure, sure. They don't know what the application of well, it is. Well, so the Fovion was what they used in their in the Quattro system. Right, right. Right. So yeah. like so and and then obviously like we said before, like that's huge fanboy of like the Quattro system. Uh and so people are I think that that I think what will happen is I think they'll continue to use the Bayer sensor for the FP. I don't know if because I everybody that I've talked to is like the FP the Phobion sensor cannot support full frame. That's um, the that's what they were having uh, trouble with. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they'll keep on using like Sony sensors because I mean that's what they're using is right. Sony sensors. Um, if they'll keep using that for the FP line, um, I, I don't know. I really want them to just like fully embrace the cinema side of everything and just like. Make yeah. a make a freaking like like you know Komodo uh you know an answer to a red, like a red Komodo. It would be something, man. Uh, that would be fantastic. It'd be fantastic because I mean that was my biggest complaint even like two years ago was I love this camera, but there are so many things that like it's just not production ready it's, it's in a not. lot of different scenarios. It's not, you man. know, it's 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 only good for small crews really because the footage is a pain to work with for for you know normal it's like it's all this abnormal stuff you know that's what it is right i say that and then it was you and like they definitely used it as a head rig on halo well you can it's just like nobody's used sure (laughs) right it's it's kind of that weird in between of like your bigger productions are like this is an amazing thing and like i'll use it for either a crash cam or like some other scenario or like, you know, it's their, the enthusiast, but then you have like the random, you know, black magic Sony users that are like, I can't use this. Like, it's just not. And I think that's what was me at one point. Uh, and even like that was my answer for going with the S1H was like, I wasn't really ready to make the FP my A cam. Right. Uh, and 
and then just through like sheer force of like I wanted to grow the channel a little bit more. I was like, you know what? Let me lean into this. Let me make the FP my my only camera because uh, I mean, I've had it since like 2019. Uh, and so like uh, but I've had it as a B or C cam to other cameras. And so jumping into it as an A cam, I was like, OK. And then it just I fell in love with it even more. And I've, I've loved that camera since I've gotten it uh, and just it continually grows and so yeah it's a different but yes definitely not production ready yeah yeah agreed well it was my first introduction to shooting full frame which is like a whole different thing in and of itself it just re like different kind of images you can get right so getting used to that was like a cool thing and i was like oh i can create things uh slightly more like the way i wanted um you know with that more separation and stuff that more depth of field that it offers you which you know, was a whole different thing. I think learning how to dial that back and like say everyone goes through their own journey of I want to shoot at one four all the time. And then you have to go back and say, like, actually, I still do. Five six <laughs> is like totally fine. And you should probably do it more than you do. Um, so I feel yep. like that's its own thing in of itself. Um, but I'm I'm looking for the, the next thing. I was considering the Komodo. I was looking at Zcam, man. If there was more support yep. for Zcam, yep. they'd be in such a such a better situation um for for fp people i feel like that would be the next logical step but i've looked into that and there's just no support for it and and i don't know where it's going so the whole thing i was talking about ryan with the 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 um patents on uh raw codecs and stuff like that how Mm. how red is effing up effing everyone and (laughs) black magic everyone's in a battle for who can develop what raw and I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I'm looking for the next thing, man, though, because I was I was looking at Komodo and stuff like that. I feel like the FP is going to be outgrown shortly, in like the next year. You know, for for yeah, stuff I want to do. I for mean, like bigger ho- productions. You know, for sure. I mean, and that was where my deciding, where I was kind of my crossroads was this past year of like, I love the FP. Like clearly, like. You go search Sigma FP. I, I was laughing how many like FP videos I've made over the years because <laughs> it's just like all like Anson and Co. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I have to like continue to talk about this camera. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the niche. That's the, yeah, but absolutely. It's the niche. You look at it, And I don't know if you guys look at this, but like YouTube always has like your top search terms or like even like what right, traffic right. is bringing you to your channel. Like solidly for the last two years, the Sigma FP has been like my top search term. Right. So I'm like, okay, all right, give them, give the people what they want. Um, but I was at a crossroads of like, okay, what if I do? I want to lean into the world of a, a, a cinema camera. Do I want to go with a Canon cinema camera? Do I want to go with? Uh-huh. I, I, it's funny. I, I in total spent about. 12,000 on my Sigma Cine set, right? Right. But I cannot, for the life of me, spend more than like a couple thousand on a camera body. Like, I just can't. Like, <laughs> physically, my like my brain won't let me. Like, it's just, it doesn't connect. Oh, I, th- um, well, I think part of that for you is kind of, you just haven't found something that you're absolutely in love with, like like the FP, that, that can do everything you want and that you like the color for and that everything, you know, because that's what I've been finding is just, you gotta, it has to connect yeah. with you, you know? You personally, yep. um, so attached yeah. to the tools that we make as creators, it's an extension of you. As corny as freaking that phrase has gotten, but yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I for feel sure. kind of the same way. It's like you got to connect with it for sure. 
and it feels so good like even <laughs> rigged up like it just feels so good i don't know i'm weird i'm weird about experience like i have the s5 2x now that has blazing fast autofocus i should be using all autofocus lenses but i still use my cine set because i just i love the way it feels and using it and so yeah yep it's all about experience. nothing wrong with that man i'm, so. a, I'm a sucker for ui i talk about it all the time how how so many yep. menus can be just so awful sometimes just the experience <laughs> of using them and then you come over to black magic yeah. you come over to the fp and you're like ah i'm home like i have a nice clean home <laughs> that i can do my work in and uh oh man yep. it's nothing better than just being able to look at something and love using it you know so speaking of uh budgets and spending money if you had a if you had a unlimited budget for a project a personal project what would you oh, lord do with it <laughs> Would you invest in? Oh, you God. Yeah, if you if someone oh, were to give you yeah sure. yeah if you had a budget with unlimited money basically, what would you make of it? That's what not, would you want to do? Fair. You can't say unlimited money because then you, just have, you have everything. That <laughs> doesn't yeah, matter. Well, what would well, you do? What, also, are, is this open ended? Yes. Is this like location this is, and yes. lighting and yes? What would you? What oh, would you be God. your your dream here? Oh man, that's tough. We just took a trip to Croatia and uh, like Ooh. filming stuff there. Like it's instant magic. Ooh. Like, like obviously, like, so Game of Thrones was filmed there. So like, obviously there's that stigma of uh, you, you can definitely make it look good because Game of Thrones looks gorgeous. <laughs> um, Honestly, if I had an unlimited budget, I'd find a dope location and kind of work from there. Um, Absolutely. What genre would you work in? Would you, would it be a movie or would it be a series? Ooh, genre. That's tough. Okay. You know, actually I told myself 2023 is the year that I embraced that medieval is like (laughs) medieval fantasy is Mm -hmm. like my, I love it. That and apocalyptic fantasy. Like (laughs) we got, we got to show them Tom's. It's like, yeah. Yeah. We are okay. I'm bu- down for it. No, our our buddy is who, who's working on a different Star Wars thing. Did a mash of Star Wars and medieval. Yeah, he made his own original <laughs> story where he. Uh, it's medieval Star Wars, basically. It's Mike a, flew a, flew out to Texas I, to help him. I with flew it. to Texas twice to to help choreograph it and uh, shoot it with him as well. And uh, and he does our lightsaber effects. He's also a VFX guy, so he does our our saber effects for uh, for some of our projects and. It actually comes out July 1st. There you go. Shout out Nightmare. I love it. And uh, Nightmare Tom, we love you. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to go it's going to go live on nice. YouTube uh, July 1st. It's like he's like set the premiere for July 1st. I believe. Yeah, we definitely got to check feature. that out. He put a it's lot a, it's a of Saturday, isn't it? It's a feature film. He made an entire feature. It took I think t- t- 3 years to make. Holy shit. Kudos yeah, it's amazing. Him, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a huge project. That's awesome. But anyway, I'm have to check uh, this out. you might have to send me a link. <laughs> Wait, oh, fantasy, fantasy yeah, medieval. No. Oh, I think. Fan- yeah. yeah. Fantasy medieval or fantasy like uh, apocalyptic with a dope location is dope what location. I'd probably spend most of that money on. That's I think fantasy medieval, fantasy apocalyptic. When I was coming up with like we were talking about feature movie ideas and stuff. That's pretty much where I was leaning just because like makes I felt, sense. I felt like that that. Our experience with the you Star to Wars one stuff. Thing to unrestrain you. Yeah, like, that's a big I one. I feel like our experience, though, like would lend itself towards something medieval, 
something apocalyptic, something that has a suspension of, of disbelief to it, um, where we could kind of translate all of our skills into, a, into, into an original story. I would love to do a fantasy medieval movie. Lord of the Rings is like my favorite. I know. You're a big, oh my God. big Lord of the Rings fan. Big Lord of the Rings fan. Love it. Uh, like, yeah. Like watching that stuff. I don't, I think when I was younger, when the trilogy came out and like you had a whole, all of these, like it's just, there was a large base of fanboys for, for that trilogy that like made it to where I was like, I don't know if this is my favorite genre, but like watching, like I didn't watch game of Thrones until this past year when mm. we were going on this trip. And I was like, I just need to binge this show now. And I was just like, you know what? I'm a fan of this genre. I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I think if I, yeah, I think if I were to do a story, so it wouldn't be original. It would be a remake. This is going to be, probably taboo because they're making a second one apparently but a remake of i am legend um oh because <clears throat> the move the movie is nothing like the book like it is interesting to oh, like yeah. some extent but the book is arguably like the movie makes you feel good mm -hmm. but the book is way more like uh, out there like huh. it's just it's insane like they're not they're not zombies they're vampires um like there's a whole bunch of other, like he doesn't they don't find a, a, a human community the community at the end is a community of vampires and they're basically sacrificing robert neville to the vampires um that's fascinating that's in the and book I just they do that in the book yeah yeah wow yeah yeah it doesn't happen which is interesting because <laughs> yeah I, I saw the movie yeah <laughs> I don't know if it's real, but apparently they're making a sequel. And from like the posters from a possibly not real sequel, like it looks like a vampire. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're making, you know, going back to that. So, do you know we'll what see. I've always thought but of yeah, doing? Yeah, my go to. You, you know, it gets really popular on YouTube <laughs> that I'm just like, oh, man, we could probably do that so easily. People that make those fake trailers for movies that don't exist. <laughs> or, yes. the, or that make trailers like before the new Star Wars comes out, they'll jump it and they'll get one that looks like the real one and then they, oh, yeah. they clickbait it. They're usually pretty good. Yeah. But like they got a huge they don't, that's so funny. I'm always they, a sucker for them too. They get millions <laughs> of views and they suck people in. And they're like, it's an editing exercise. And I'm like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know. You know. You gotta make That's a you gotta you gotta jump ahead of the game and make a bunch of sequel trailers yeah. now for movies that for movies that don't even <laughs> that exist. Not even close to existing. And just keep going down the line. <laughs> so like so fifteen years from now, you made it, you, you did it first fifteen years ago. Yeah. 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 It might be too early for the algorithm. No, 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 no. But no, people exploded with those in Kenobi. Kenobi, like oh, yeah. everyone oh, was because there was so much content to pull from that they just had ample yep. editing like material. So anyway, I just think those are hilarious. That did you any movie that comes out, there's always <laughs> fan made ones that like people accidentally click on. <laughs> I have to go into the comments for people to be like, that's fake. I'm like, okay, that's fake. Yeah, I know. It's like, ugh. Anyway, what are you saying, Mike? I was like, did you see Corridor's new video where they talked about Kenobi? Oh, did I? No. No. About the the blue light. It was interesting. Oh, they talked about the, the sabers? Yeah. So it was, it was cool because, I mean, we did a nighttime Star Wars movie with practical lightsabers, except we didn't have blue. We had red and green. 
and we lit right. the, and we lit the scene like you know properly not like what so what were kenobi they did they did so they basically were comparing what kenobi did with essentially lighting the scene with just ewan mcgregor's uh lightsaber and how that kind of fucked with the sensor and like essentially ruined the the uh the exposure the skin tones stuff. ruined everything uh, that makes the sense shot. and that's why it looks they the way were it does. super fucking bright <laughs> right and we knew because we even knew our sabers were gonna be bright we didn't want to you know have the same kind of issue but it was a very particular blue light issue with through a digital sensor interesting and they were comparing it to i'll have to watch that video um yeah uh the uh watchman oh uh, mr okay. manhattan yeah and mm. how he's so he was covered in blue LEDs. Yeah, I see the that same BTS. kind of the mm. same kind of LEDs that are like you know would be in the lightsaber, except that was shot on film, and film doesn't process oh. the colors the same way as digital does, and so they were able to get perfect you know exposure and saturation of the color blue, whereas Kenobi it was basically like, you know, looked really bad, and they were explaining how like huh. you would you would think that it was a good idea looking at the BTS of the Watchmen. And then doing it on film, or start doing it on digital, but not knowing that how the sensor would respond to that. Yeah, I, got, I want to know the specifics of that. It, it was, was really, it was really cool. interesting. And uh, leave it to Nico, or huh? was that Ren explaining? That? I know He's the technique gets technical sometimes. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that. Don't rely on a giant color blue stick to light your scene. That I was like the, blue that sticks. Was the lesson. I'm that a was big fan light. of blue sticks. Always have been. Always will be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, anyway, man, we're run, we're running pretty long here. I don't want I don't want to hold you too much longer. Um, do you, yeah, do you guys want to wrap it up and uh, maybe leave on a final thought? Sure. That I let's uh, do it. I don't have. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you guys like that? I see. Yeah, I, I tricked you. You thought you thought I had some. I thought you had some. I thought you had something <laughs> good there. Anything. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us anything? Anson, I'm curious. Can you tell us anything? I know you you like to keep your your film stuff kind of private, but about what that project was that you were talking about that you're excited that you're working on? Um the the one that's kind of like all macro and and everything. Um yeah, so the concept is kind of an experimental film. Um so you know, if we're looking at traditional experimental, it's pretty much like no rules. You just film what, what the hell you ever you want to. Um, but there, the concept is basically like uh commentary on time. Um, I think I'm, I'm approaching 40 soon. Like I'm 39, I'll be 39 in October. And so that 40 age gap is like slowly shrinking in. And so like, this is kind of like my, my take on, uh, on time just going, and so I like it. There's, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty into it. It's all going to be black and white, um, all black and white, uh, very kind of like, uh, as far as like the aesthetic, very like negative space with a little bit of image imagery on it. So I don't know if you guys saw the camera to cloud stuff. Um, the camera to cloud video was basically like a lot of that where like, as much as things I could grab, like as much things, cause it's again, going with the concept of macro, uh, I'm just trying to find like a bunch of different things that I can get textures, get like just things that allude to time in some way. Um, or even just like the expiration of time. Like I think one of the shots is a skull getting buried by sand. Um, and so, um, 
And so like just kind of stuff that will invoke that, you know, that feeling. So um, probably be a macro, uh, a microfilm because again, my attention span um, <laughs> all shot on FP, all black and white. I haven't decided if I want to do square ratio or yeah. standard ratio because I love square. It's great. Um, but yeah. So that sounds interesting, man. I'll definitely check it much, out. It's pretty much all I have fleshed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody make sure you like and subscribe to Ansys YouTube channel to make sure uh, that you see it when it comes out. Yeah. I'll, but, I'll, um, I'll yeah. drop it eventually. Yeah. I think that's what we can leave off on. You heard enough about our adventure that's going on. So that's going to be ongoing for a while. So um, yeah, we'll definitely have to stay connected, man. This was awesome. It was really nice to meet you. Absolutely. Nice to meet you guys. I'm, I'm happy to chat anytime, so let me know. Hey guys, it's Chris again. I want to try something new for the end of our shows. I know some podcasts that I listen to like to do kind of like a fan mail or a listener mail type thing. So if you have a question or a comment, head on over to heliumturtle.com, send us a message, and maybe you will get on the air of the next show. And it never hurts to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. In fact, it only helps make the show grow into a beautiful flower. So (laughs) I think that's going to be really fun. I hope you guys do too. And we'll catch you next time on Until You Make It.